The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, we're going to have fun today. Um, my guest is Marcus Milliton. His book is Nice Guys Don't Get Laid. Nice Guys Don't Get Laid. It's the third edition. And, uh, of course, those of you who have listened <laughs> to at least one show before know that um, I'm the author of Bad Boys, Why We Love Them, How to Live With Them, and When to Leave Them, and my latest book, Bad Girls, Why Men Love Them, and How Good Girls Can Learn Their Secrets. So... Um, I, this should be a lot of fun because because basically Marcus and I are talking about the same things um, in the sense that the, the jungle, the the dating jungle, uh, has gotten wilder. And Marcus, I want to hear your opinion on that because your first, I was interested to read that the first edition of Nice Guys Don't Get Laid um, came out in 1988. Correct. I did. And um, and I and my book Bad Boys came out in well the hardcover in ninety seven and the paperback in ninety eight, and now this book just came out Bad Girls. And what I have been observing through the years, and and you started even earlier, was that um, the dating jungle has just gotten more and more vicious, harder to find love, and um, I guess that that is what we both are help trying to help people to do to uh, navigate the jungle and to find the love they deserve. That's what I dedicated my book to, helping men and women find the love they deserve. So tell us about, let's start with, before we get into um, the content, um, uh, of course, as a psychiatrist, I put all my guests on the couch, and, and, and you, you um, blatantly admit that a lot of the advice that you give in, in nice school, I can't, why am I not? Pronouncing it right, nice guys don't get laid. My mother um, tripped over the name too. <laughs> comes from um, comes from your own personal experience. So let's start from the beginning. I'm really interested in in these three um, uh, additions, these three incantations of, of this situation. Um, yeah, the, you know that when I was going through high school and college, and most most of the men can vouch for this, is that we found that the guys that we knew were a disaster, um, who treated women badly, who had no respect for women. They just seemed to have a lot of success in drawing them in. They were, they were like magnets. And uh, you know, it seemed like the guys that were making good grades in school, had you know, a future plan for themselves, treated women with respect. It was just kind of boring and not, not that interesting. 
and it didn't make logical sense. And I'm an engineer, is my background. Um, you know, I couldn't draw the charts on it. it didn't work. Um, and so what I did was I followed around guys who were the ultimate bad boy. And these are the bad boys who um, they didn't have anything really going for them, yet they attracted women because that was going to give me the base sense of what the, what was seen, seemed attractive. Um, I had one guy was uh, in his sixth year of college, was switching his major again, uh, didn't own a car, had a drinking problem, and every place he went, women were attracted to him. Uh, another one, a uh, high school grad, didn't own a car, had a, um, had a drug problem also, and, uh, you know, couldn't hold a job. And I was looking for why do these guys attract women? Um, and that's really where it started. So I just started looking but how, at them But how being, old were you when you were first, I mean, you, well, you, you have a, a vignette at the beginning of the book, um, that I presume was somewhat real, which was in college, where you and your buds were kind of um, oh, wondering yeah. about this at a party. How come the yeah. guy who was the biggest jerk at the party got the girls going home with him, and you and your buds didn't have anyone? Yeah, you know, we here we were finishing our master's degree, all three of all five, five of us, and uh, it was our graduation too. And there was a guy that came in, uh, very drunk, not great looking. Uh, was abusive to his date. You know, it's like, I don't want to be at this stupid party when he's walking and you can hear him, you know. And she's like trying to protect him, bringing him in. And then he made, he bumps into a woman that was at the party, made a really rude comment to her, we can't say over the air. Mm -hmm. Turned out she had a boyfriend there, and they took it outside. And um, he got his clock cleaned. I mean, he got beat up. The other guy got beat up a little bit, but nothing like this guy. But all of us ran out on the street to watch this. And um, I'd already had the idea for the book. And while we were there, we watched as, um, as this beat-up bad boy jerk scumbag was ble- you know, sitting there bleeding. Two cars come up from women who were at the party, picked him up to bring him to the hospital. And um, they pick him up, and they start driving off. And that's when they realize they forgot to pick up the guy who defended his date. <laughs> and they came back, kind of opened the door, said, hey, jump in. As an afterthought, the guy who defended his date was the last guy they remembered. And uh, we actually, we were going to, we picked a fight with a guy outside because he kept screaming, and we told him to get lost. And it was like, you know, just get out of here, you're enough trouble. And some of the women came up to us and said, stop causing trouble to us. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they were defending this guy. And that's when the conversation started. I kind of at that point thought, you know, I've got to do this book. I've got to do it. Uh, and I write satire. So I'm teaching guys how to become the disaster women search for. So they can marry Katy Perry or, um, <laughs> or Sandra yeah, Bullock. Yeah, you like that one. That's, or, that's a good uh, or be Arnold Schwarzenegger and marry who he married. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, you know, these are really well-known examples of women who really had any choice they wanted. So they were able to make the choice they wanted, and look who they chose. Yes. So, But going back to high school, so you talk about how you kissed, I think, three girls in high school? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I don't even think it was that many. It might have been two. Well, two or um, three, okay. Yeah. And, and, um, and so that know, and was what started uh, you know, wondering you, even back then. I was then. nervous. What? I was nervous around women. You know, I was the shy guy. You know, women are always looking for right, a shy guy. They aren't. They don't. 
you know, they're not going to call them out. They're not going to talk to them on their own. I was well, what's shy. Interesting, I had though, I, I read that women. book. What, what's interesting, though, is, mm-hmm. yes, women aren't necessarily looking for the shy guy, but they're looking for, this is a, 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 a detailed distinction, a, a, a minor distinction, but it makes all the difference. They're look, they are looking for the sullen guy. And the shy guy and the sullen guy can can look a little bit alike if you don't look at them for too long, but then you eventually see which which guy is the bad boy sullen guy and which guy is just shy and nervous around women. Yeah. And then you're never going to build, as a guy, for guys out there, you're never going to build confidence, you know, if if you don't have women, you know, want to go out with you or accept a date with you. And so they kind of stay in the background for a long time. Um, you know, and you're talking about selling. I the one the one element that seems to work the best is confidence. Everybody likes someone who's confident, and the bad boys can exude confidence even though they have nothing <laughs> about them that shows they should have confidence. Right, right. You know, um, and and so it's misplaced. There's a there's a saying we 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 talked about a lot, and it's called. Um, Women mistake arrogance for confidence. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they look at someone who's that arrogant and think, wow, he must be really confident to say that, instead of what most guys will be thinking about the same guy is, mm-hmm. what a jerk. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So, yeah, so, so that's something really to be learned is, is what he's saying confidence or is he just a jerk? <laughs> yes, it's a, it's, it's a faux confidence. Um but it it can it can work. Yeah. Um, so okay. So then in college you decided that you you had to write this book mm-hmm. and you yeah. started following around these bad boys. Mm-hmm. And go ahead. Um, so I followed them around. I just started basically. Um, you know, it was almost like a training episode. Um, you know, watching what they would do, and at first thinking, "Gosh, I can't believe he did that. I can't believe he said that." Uh, and then later on thinking. Why did she? Why was she attracted to it? Because I didn't assume that she would be, uh, and I, I kept, you know, developing this. And so, confidence without merit was one of the things that came up. Mm-hmm. That anybody can be a bad boy. Anybody, any male, can attract women if he can just exude confidence without merit. In other words, he has nothing going for him, but he shows confidence, and uh, because that's an attractive quality. Um, the other thing was that, uh, that, and this kind of keeps building on itself, the more women that are attracted to him causes even more women to be attracted to the same guy, mm-hmm. no matter how bad the reputation is. You know, this is how an Arnold Schwarzenegger gets married, to a woman who's in the news and knew everything about him. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, and, of course, you talk about some of the reasons, the challenge and... Uh, um, and the of course the, I, the women wanting to change the men, seeing them as as a project. Um, yes. Oh, the and, ultimate project, you know, is that uh, um, I, you know that something there deep deep down inside of him is worth salvaging, you know. And to be able to achieve that, you remember Beauty and the Beast. You know, uh, women love that story, but actually the story of a bad man. He was so mean that he had this curse put upon him. And she was attracted to him to, to change him. 
Well, you know, it's interesting. I actually, in my book, Bad Boys, Why We Love Them, How to Live With Them, and When to Leave Them, I, I um, write it, of course, as a psychiatrist from a different, somewhat different angle. I mean, some of the things as far as how to try to make the relationships work, I mean, I, don't, I didn't try to, <laughs> didn't try to um, turn, turn nice guys into bad boys. It's, it's different. Oh, and I'm not really either. Well, you know, I mean, I know you're the not. The last you're just thing I want them, is a guy that, that's going to read this and go, oh, I need to abuse women. I want them to look at this and go, okay, now I see how the game works. Right. And I need to, you know, what I tell guys is I said, look, if a woman says no to you, you can't take it personally. You can't take it as something that's going to destroy you or that's going to reduce your confidence to be able to, to talk to the next woman because that's what happens to a lot of the nice guys. They get rejected and nobody likes that. But the bad boys, they can get rejected over and over and over again, and it doesn't make any difference to them because they're narcissists. Yes. You know, yes. so it doesn't matter. So there's something to be learned from that is like you just keep going forward, you know, ask the next one, ask the next one, meet somebody else, get involved in something else where you meet women, and learn that, that there's going to be an awful lot of no's. And if they said no, that's, you know, that's something you know, that, that maybe she lost. Well, you know, the, the, um, the key to it all, whether it's bad boys or bad girls, I mean, the, the nice, or I should say nice guys and good girls, the problem is that um, the other person who is contemplating getting into a relationship with a nice guy or a good girl or is approached by one, um, the problem is that these nice guys and good girls are too, um, they are interested in a relationship. And that is very frightening to someone Mm -hmm. else who um, has a fear of intimacy. Because as you talk about and I talk about, um, the nice Nice guys and the good girls are too available. They are. They want a relationship. They're there. They want to be in love. They want um, to do the nice things for each They're other needy. and so on. And They're for needy. and for a yeah. person, for a guy or a girl who um, are essentially afraid of this intimacy. I'm not talking about sex. I'm talking about emotional intimacy. Um, that that whole concept brings out the uh-oh, wait a second, this is someone who, and it all, I related all, of course, as a psychiatrist to their relationships with their parents um, that make them fearful of this intimacy, a, a woman's relationship with her father, a little girl's relationship with her father, and a little boy's relationship with his mother. And, um, and that, you know, that's why these, these perfect matches, I mean, you talk about, for example, the, the guys who send roses or you know, oh, yeah. poems and all that, even though this is what women say they want, and yet when that actually happens for many women, not all women, but for the women who are afraid of this kind of intimacy, this closeness that they've seen in the past has problems, has a downside because of their dysfunctional relationship that they had with their mother or their father, um, that's too scary for them. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, what's interesting is, is a guy that really wants no relationship, that can make a woman want to have one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like I can't, you know, it's, it's, that, it's that challenge, you know, is that if I can turn him around, that means I'm something special. Yes. You know, if I'm the one that can get Arnold Schwarzenegger to marry, yes. then think how much of a superwoman that may not have even intended to get into a relationship, but then they meet someone who 
doesn't intend to get into a relationship with them. And suddenly they want it. They want the relationship. Yes, because that gives them a sense they're not so scared that the person is coming closer and closer. There's all this distance between them that they have control of, they think, um, you know, as far as (laughs) how far away or close together they're going to be from the other person. Yeah, and and you're right, exactly what you're saying, that the needy person, woman or man, it goes both ways, is that, you know, I've told some of the guys who are, you know, a little too shy and need to build their confidence up, and they can be confident in everything else, education, business, everything else they do. They could just maybe not be confident, you know, with around women. Um, you know, I tell them, I say, look, if you meet a woman and she likes you and then she starts calling you every day without too much to say, just wants to talk to you, and, uh, you know, gives you things all the time and talks about you all the time and wants to drag you over to meet her parents after the first date, you know, you're going to start running. Uh, my guest is Marcus Milliton. His book is Nice Guys Don't Get Laid. We'll be back with more of this uh, dating advice, advice for how to get through the dating jungle and find love. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Explore the power and beauty in yourself and in others. Tune in to The Stacy Stern Show, enriching you. Every week, Stacy Stern will connect you with men and women who are living and working from a place of passion. Stacy's guests include successful authors, filmmakers, actors, experts, and leaders. You'll hear what inspires each of them, and you'll be turned on to great films, books, and new media. Tune in to The Stacy Stern Show, enriching you, Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about this book called Nice Guys Don't Get Laid. It's in its third printing. My guest is Marcus Melliton. And um, during the break, uh, Marcus, you were bringing up uh, sort of a controversial point about whether parents should pick who their child dates. Yes. I, something I was thinking about because you know, there's some old, old cultures represented here where in cities that I've lived in 
the uh, how the parents used to choose who their daughter was going to marry. And uh, there are times you look at it and you go, you know something? Maybe we need to return to that. You well, know, okay. Katie, Katie Perry, if her parents had chosen somebody, <laughs> would they have chosen the guy she married? No, I don't think so. Um, would anybody? <laughs> no, no, okay, so well, to answer that, though, um, how old were you when you, when you got married? Um, I was actually pretty old. I was 44. And so, and this was, so did you, you started following your mm-hmm. own advice? I was, as, far um, as, attract, as far as going from Mr. Nice Guy to have oh, adopted okay, well, somebody. I, I, you know, for a period of time, probably when I was 24, 25, 26, 27, I became the bad boy I was studying. Mm. And the thing is, I didn't have it in me because uh, one of the things that a bad boy has is the ability to have no conscience about mm-hmm. what they do at all. If they come across her again and she goes... You're the guy that cheated with my best friend. You know, uh, you know, you're the guy that uh, you know that I caught. You know, after you told me you loved me. You know, I mean, and, and they could stand there and go, "Okay, you learned a lesson." Lost, <laughs> yes, you know? it's like Charlie Sheen on Two and a Half Men. Yes, yes, you know, <laughs> just, you know, you didn't get it. But it, for me, I didn't, I couldn't handle that. I've got four sisters. I've got two daughters. You know. Uh, I don't, you know, the, the, I just would look at it as I would never want that to happen to them. Yes, well, now that must have been, um, that must have given you a lot of tidbits for this book as well, seeing your sisters go out on dates. Did they date um, bad boys? You know, I, it seemed like they were, they would do a little bit, because you can't avoid, you know, everybody right. comes across, you know. Right, at and, least one, you know, yes. And their friends are saying, this is the cool guy, you know, this is the cool guy, which a lot of times means he's the jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and when they get a date and they think this is great, you know, I've got a date with him. Everyone knows I'm now so cool. And uh, but they they seem to read through it pretty well, as uh, you know, my sisters did, and uh, all of them have been married for a long time. And uh, you know, they chose the right mate. Uh, they got through it very quickly. Um, what I do find is thirty is kind of the crossing point for most women. If they date bad boys, if they date the guys that everyone wants to go out with. They quit doing it around 30 because they start to think, you know, I want to have children, and now that I see these guys for this long, I don't want them to be dads. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and I don't want that to be their dad. And so that was something that, uh, you know, that, that they were much better at than most women, I believe. Um, and, you know, so I, so I saw did that, but I wife? did see everybody else, and I kept thinking, you know, the you know the parents can kind of look at someone and immediately read them, yes, because they've been through this for so long and they've yes. seen it for so long, and you know uh, you know the daughter's not going to be there with that she's not going to understand yes. It. So what did you did you adopt some bad boy characteristics to how did yeah. you meet and hook your wife? She was at a, she was at a party with a date when I met her. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And um, he, he wasn't really a bad boy, but his one bad aspect about him is that he would bring a date to a party and then would never talk to his date for the mm. entire party. Mm-hmm. He would go see everybody else and then take off with her afterwards, you know. And she got used to that and didn't really care that much. Well, I met her, didn't even realize she had a boyfriend, and um, I did ask her for a number when I was leaving, and she didn't, you know, uh, she didn't want to do it. And so I knew another person there, and... I uh, found out she had a boyfriend, and I, I decided I was going to go after her anyway. 
Uh-huh. So um, uh, I got to another party that she was at that where a date wasn't there, and we were married eight months later. Wow. Now, yeah. did you sort of make sure you got, did you know she was going to be at that second party? Yes. <laughs> I plotted that out. And I knew she had a boyfriend. And uh, I, you know, at that point, you know, one of the things I'd learned was, you know, again, you just can't take it personally. If, you know, if Katy Perry can marry who she married, then having a woman say no to you and reject you means nothing. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, but it's hard when you're the nice guy or the oh, good girl so to to make yourself believe that. You know, no, you're ready you to, to believe that you're not way, good enough. What? Yeah, you have to take it personally in a way. You shouldn't, but you have to because she's rejecting you. And guys have it tough in this element of the relationship is that they are kind of left to be have to be the aggressor. They have to take the hit. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to make the request and get the no mm-hmm. or the yes. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're placed out there. So someone who's a little bit hesitant, they get gun shy. Yeah. You know, they, they get a no and they think, am I not good enough? Am I not good looking enough? Or what's, what's, you know, and they start thinking about these things. And she may meet Charles Manson next and say yes to him. Yes. So you can't take it personally. You know, I had one woman say, um, uh, I, I choose men by the kind of shoes they wear. And that's not yeah. uncommon. I've met several after that. And I said, so if Charles Manson came up to you wearing a nice pair of shoes from Nordstrom, yeah, would you go out with him? She goes, well, no, that's not what I mean. And I said, well, isn't that kind of an odd way to judge somebody? Uh-huh. Uh, she was judging the shoes because a lot of times she judged women by the shoes they wore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, so did, you, did your wife, did your wife, how did you get your wife away from the bad boy and to, to see your, the value in dating someone like you? Hmm. Um, you know, I, 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 was not, I was not being the bad boy. Um, I was being a little bit persistent, but I think she fully knew that if she just really said no and it was off, I would move on. So there was that kind of a little bit of a confidence there mm-hmm. that she was attracted to me. She had a boyfriend. Uh, they've been dating for like over about a year and a half or so, mm-hmm. and um, she uh, you know, kind of realized that she was attracted to me, and she was either going to have to stay with the guy she was with or, or lose me. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And that w- that's what changed things. But we really had an attraction. I mean, it was a it was one of these things where we got married very quick. Uh, we've been married for ten years now. We got three kids. You know, it's so it's um, uh, we just knew. And, uh, uh, you know, and that's, that's the way it went. And so, you know, you're asking me what bad boy traits did I learn yes. that I did use, and yes. anybody can do this. You want to be seen with as many women as possible for a guy. Hmm. Because uh, the thing that goes through a woman's mind is if she likes him, then maybe I do too, you know, or maybe I should, you know. And, mm-hmm. and so I had women that were friends of mine that I'd go out with, and I had other women I was dating, and uh, I just, went out with a lot of women and you build confidence that way because you get used to you know, the conversations and I uh, and uh, people see you with other women and other women are drawn to that and um, so and, and the interesting thing is it was extraordinarily easy for me to get phone numbers when I had dates or when other women were or when I was going out with other women yes it was so much easier and it shouldn't have been but it was and so it kind of builds on itself, and it got to a point where I had phone numbers on top of my um, my dresser, and I couldn't even remember who they were to. <laughs> and when I'd gotten them, and I hadn't called them back, 
and it was and it, it just got out of hand and then uh you know and then uh you know in a couple of situations where they they kind of knew that I was dating somebody else and I didn't say I wasn't you know and all that uh uh you know I just reached a point where I just can't do this you know it's it's just not uh I'm not enough of a narcissist or uh, you know, or I don't want someone treating my sisters like this, or you know, I, I just don't don't like it, and I just stopped. Uh, but that was the period, and it was right as I was finishing the book and send it out. Hmm. So tell us about that, um, because that's that's an inspirational story in itself. Oh, publishing, yes. Okay, got a great book idea. You know, everybody does, and <laughs> uh, so I went through the whole process. I wrote the book, I wrote the query letter, I wrote an outline, and all that, and I sent it to about twenty New York publishers. And uh, what I found at that time, and, and it did get, you know, it did get uh, verified uh, back to me from an agent in the future, um, that um, it was some very bitter, angry women editors, and one of them actually wrote a note back, and, and you would get these notes back, is that, and you've you've applied, you know, as far as getting books published, um, I'm sure to more than one place, they they would send a rejection letter, and a lot of times it wasn't even signed. They would actually stamp it, and and what is stamped is the word signed. You know, that's that was the signature. You know, it was like you're rejected, signed. You know, and one of them had one of these rejected, signed uh, stamps on it, and underneath it, it said, uh, "This should never be published." Yeah, wow. You know? And uh, and we went, you know, so this happened a lot, and finally. Um, I got into, um, I read Dan Pointer's book, if you're aware of him, uh-huh. he's a self-publishing guru, and, and how to do it, and how to set up your publishing company, and get ISBN numbers, and do the whole works, and I did it. And uh, and then I started marketing. And, that and, was, and we're on, talking 1988, which was before yeah. it became the trend. Yeah. You know, now you know, so, everybody talks about self-publishing, but, I mean, you that was, nobody was talking about it. I mean, yes, maybe Dan Pointer, but really very few people were doing it then. Yeah, and, and it's it's tough. You know, because the the whole thing is marketing. You could have the best book on earth, and if nobody mm-hmm. knows about it, you just lost money. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up on Geraldo and Montel Williams and Lisa Gibbons and and the radio circuit. And uh, and at that point, the book was about half of what you're seeing now, um, and wasn't edited very well because I edited it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and so there was a, but it, it just it struck a chord because at that point. It, we were kind of a point in time where men were the cause of everything bad, you know. And I was saying, well, maybe women select bad guys, showing all the other men out there what they like, and men mimic it because they want success. And uh, But I make a joke out of it, and I'm saying I'm teaching you how to get a drinking problem so you can right. have a problem that she can fix, you know, and, mm-hmm. and how to get a police record so you're exciting. And, uh, you know, so I was teaching all these things that were, you know, no one should ever do. But then you would look around and you'd see very famous women going out with guys mm-hmm. who've got police records and drug problems and all these other things. So I do that as a joke and, and kind of to teach the guys out there is you could be the worst disaster on earth and women will be attracted to you. Mm-hmm. It's all about attitude. So... You know, and I, I read that whole other half of the book where you talk about you know what happened after the first um, after the first edition was published, and I guess after that sold out, you did the second edition, and then this one is fairly recent, I guess. Yeah, um, um, and I, I so I published this one because I got married, I had three kids, and people were still writing me, "Where's your book? Where can I find the book?" And I, I'd always intended to redo it. 
Uh, and so I completely revamped it, and then I added a lot of what I've learned, you know, since then. Um, I actually spoke in front of a, a, a national Mensa group. They invited me, Marcus Melton, to go speak at the Mensa National Convention. That's a perfect audience. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not a Mensa member, right? And so the, the joke there is, uh, see, the smartest people on earth can't figure out women either. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know? and, uh, and so I went there, and I gave this great speech about how they need to learn how to get drinking problems and drug problems, mm-hmm. how to get a police record, you know, and all this other stuff. And at first they were sitting there like... You know, <laughs> they didn't, like, they thought you were serious. <laughs> but no, and then once they got it, the place would just erupted. And at the end, you know, then I went through a final lesson page, and I was going... Okay, and I point, what's the first thing you need to do? And I point at the top, and they go, get a drinking problem. You know? <laughs> what's the next thing you got to do? You know, and, and uh, you know, go out with her best girlfriend. You know? <laughs> you know, and then so it was, you know, I was going through the line, and it just worked out great. And, you know, so it was, uh, so I was doing things, and I was in, you know, I, I was meeting people that I never thought I'd meet. Um, and, uh, and getting on radio shows, and, and when, when I used to be afraid to call in a radio station just to ask them to play a song, Mm. Now I was actually being interviewed on these radio stations. Uh, you know, it was it was a real experience, and still is, and I just and I, and I love it, and it's a lot of fun. But, but that, that's the music that's telling us we need to take another break. Okay, so we'll hear more about this when uh, when we come back. We're taking a break. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. My guest is Marcus Milliton. His new book, well, his new edition of his uh, classic book, is called "Nice Guys Don't Get Laid." And you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, as I said, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Emotional intelligence has been documented to be the most important skill for a leader to move up in an organization. Leaders Playbook will unpack what emotional intelligence is, why it is important, and how you can raise your emotional intelligence for yourself, your direct reports, and your team. Join Dr. Relly Nadler every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, to the Leaders Playbook on the Voice America Business Channel. Your success, your success could depend on it. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, here with Marcus Milliton. He is the author of 
nice guys don't get laid. And it was, it's so interesting because these things that you write about and the things that I've written about in my books are still just as true today. I mean, people have not, it's gotten worse. And one of the reasons why it's gotten worse is because, you know, I mentioned before that um, I relate all of this to uh, the relationships that little girls have with their parents, with their father in particular, and little boys with their mother in particular. And, um, and of course, that problem has gotten worse because there are more divorces. So there are more dysfunctional relationships, family relationships, for little girls and little boys. And, um, in fact, people are um, afraid. You know, I was talking about intimacy and, and how the nice guy or the good girl is scary to, to someone of the opposite sex because they represent someone who wants to get close and, and the person is afraid of having that kind of close relationship because of what they've experienced in the past. And this is now on steroids. This is true on steroids ever since there's been this divorce explosion and this whole thing about um, people not going on as many dates or these different kind, you know, texting instead of calling because guys are afraid to get rejected, girls are afraid to get rejected. Um, it, it's just it's just a really, um, you know, and so there are more bad boys and more bad girls out there yeah. than ever it's before. Group, you know, group dating, you know, like they group date. They don't actually have to ask a person yeah. out, you know, and so, you, you know, that avoids exactly what you're talking about. And, and media, you know, you've got, yeah. um, you know, uh, Puffy Combs, you know, and the stuff he's done, and it ends up being glorified rather than the way it used to be, which is, what a jerk. What are, yes. This person should be in jail. You should look at them that way. And what what we've lost um, is, uh, and, and you'll see this in the Asian cultures, you know, like in, in, in California when they're fairly new here, the families, you know, when there's a date, what school is he going to? What does he want to do for a job in the future? Is he going to go to college? What are his parents like? They're asking all those old questions that used to be asked. Now nobody. No, now it's considered judgmental, you know, is that, uh, well, you can't judge somebody by their parents. You can't judge somebody because they didn't, you know, really excel in education. You can't judge, you know, and you're in this position where you're not supposed to judge things, but you know something, sometimes you should. You should look because what, they're, what they are now is what they're going to be in the future. And so uh, you really need to look. You can't look at the guy as being all the other girls like him, so I must want him. Yes, yes. You know, uh, uh, or she's really pretty, and, uh, you know, I want to go out with her when she could just be a raging woman that would be difficult to live with, never be satisfied, or something like that. You know, you're looking at the wrong things. You really have to look further. And I just I noticed that in the Asian cultures in, in California, that it was like they had, it was old school. It was like they were looking at the background, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, probably what they miss is maybe the guy's no fun, you know, but, but what they would look at is these are important for your future. If mm-hmm. you want to have children, if you want to have a long-term relationship, you need someone who comes from a longer, long-term relationship or someone who knows what that is and someone who's driving forward in their life and bettering themselves, you know, and that's what they were they were looking at, but now it's, like uh, oh, who's the latest bad boy on yeah. you know uh, you know on TV getting all kinds of publicity and they don't look at it as bad they look at it as exciting yes and uh, you know and and not looking at it for what it is yes absolutely you know? that's the other part of it 
that yeah. bad girls and Martin bad boys child? have been glamorized yeah. so more and more over the years yeah. Um, yeah. that even for, the, for their bad behavior that it's laughed at or, or mm-hmm. for men, you know, it's just, uh, well, he must be really cool if he can do that. And for women, um, you know, it's, it's, it's well, um, I'm going to be the one to get her, you know. I'm, I'm, I mean, mm-hmm. yes, it's just um, our culture really has been <laughs> going down we, the wrong path, both in terms of families training. and in we, terms we of really the media, I mean, you know, and who is idealized as the best catch. Yeah. I mean, do you want to be Charlie Sheen's child? Does anybody? You know, is it the way he treats his mothers? You know, their mother? Do you want that? Yet he's cool. Now he's cool, you know, and he's probably going to die on drugs or something like that. But it's, you know, rather than be, you know, people used to be shunned for that. They were shunned. And, and because they were shunned, it made it undesirable to be around them and be with them. You know, how could O.J. Simpson get dates after, you know, uh, you know after what he did? You know, yes, is that, yes. uh, you know, it's the publicity, the, you know, the, the 15 minutes of fame, you know, all this is like, you know, if I'm around him, that's exciting, you know, and then, and so and, we're yeah we are and losing Scott it. So it's Peterson, not, I mean yes, you name some of the people like all these all these famous people who are now in jail. Scott Peterson or even Casey Anthony has apparently mm-hmm. um, been getting all kinds of love letters and proposals and all. Oh, that. I mean it works yeah. both ways. Um, mm-hmm. it, you know it, it wasn't as much there weren't as many bad girls, but now that's become more popular and. Um, yes, it's like that air of danger, and it's also if somebody is in jail, they can't go out with other boys or other girls. You know, right. you think that you're the you're the special one that has this special relationship with them. Um, I actually, yeah. you know, I, one of the times that I was on Sarah, Sally Jesse Raphael, you mentioned Richard Ramirez in the book, and oh, yeah. um, they, they were doing a show on on bad boys. I mean, that was when I was talking about my book, Bad Boys, and um, they had on these different these different women who were with these bad boys in prison. And uh, for most of them, it was like one woman and one guy in prison. But they had two girls for Richard Ramirez. And one mm-hmm. of them knew about the other, and the other one didn't know about the other one. And they yeah. had an actual physical fight on the set, which, of course, all the producers <laughs> expected me to break up somehow. <laughs> you know, I had to do a crisis intervention uh, live but uh, and and you know the point was made here he's a murderer serial killer and yet you expect him to be faithful yeah but don't you feel bad for him cuz he's orphaned right <laughs> uh, you know so it, it it's something that you know it's something that just drove me drives me nuts to this day is that people who should get fame and fortune mm-hmm. uh, you know it's not the right people you know it's it's uh, they're getting it you know, you've got these, um, you know, these reality TV shows with just, you know, just scummy people you don't even want to know, and we're all watching it, you know, and it makes them yeah. famous, gives them money, you know, Jersey Shore. I mean, who, you know, none of those people should be millionaires, you know, yes, and they are. Yes. And, uh, and, and, and now people are going, they're millionaires, and look where they got being like that. Yes, you know, I need to mimic yes. this, you know. So it's, uh, it gives excuse to, to, to change your behavior. But that, you know, so really... I'm making fun of my book about bad boys, and one of the things that I couldn't stand was the fact that women who who would then go out with a guy who was a jerk, who had a reputation for it, well known for it, they were teaching other men what they liked, and they don't realize that is that that's something that they're showing men. Yeah. I'm showing you what I want. 
you know, I say I want a nice guy. I say I want a guy who's, you know, who's got a future, who would be a good dad if I married him, you know, that kind of thing. They say that, but you got to see, you know, you don't look at the, the shopping list they go into the grocery store with. You look at what's in their shopping cart when they leave. And, uh, and so you look at that and go, you know something? Uh, you know, the men look at it and go, well, okay, is this, what, you know, is this what's cool? Yes. Uh, you know, if, you, if tomorrow every woman in the United States refused to go out with a gang member, yes. there would be no gangs in two weeks. They would disappear <laughs> yes, completely. Yes, that's a very good point. It's that much power that women have choosing who they go out with and who they're attracted to. And so as long as they... You know, and the second second biggest reason boys join gangs, they say, is to get women. Yes. To get girlfriends that wouldn't have, wouldn't have been attracted to them in the first place. Yes, and it's so sad. Yes, that's absolutely true. Um, because for that matter, I mean, if women refused, I would uh, always talk about this. How if women refused to go out with bad boys in general, um, there wouldn't be bad boys. And yes, all men would change. All what? men would change. You know, if, yeah. if women only went out with men that wear, wore red overalls, we'd all be wearing red overalls in a week. Right, it, right. It, it just, they, you know, there's, the power is there. And, uh, you know, but the positive side is, I, is, is I've had women actually read my book and drop their boyfriends afterwards because I nailed down the guy they were dating so well. And the only way I was able to do it was because it's too common. And so she would look at it and go, you know, he... he He's just like what he's what Marcus mm-hmm. is describing, and then she realized he's not special, and that's what she thought. He was special. Something deep inside of him is worth salvaging, and it became, it, it, this is a common description of a jerk, and I'm dating a jerk, and they would drop him. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was kind of that realization that it, you know, and that's what I tell the guys is that you make it clear what's going on, you know, and you make it clear you're not affected if she says no. Um, and, you know, you know, she's going to come about that decision on her own. Is she going to continue dating somebody that, you know, is a jerk? Uh, then you just move on because she's going to yeah. want She wants to and she's going to. Yeah. And for women, you know, uh, with men are really cut and dry. We, we they are what take... they are. You know, let don't just... read anything okay. into them. Well, know, yes, let me they're... just interrupt you because we, that's the music again. Time okay. is going really quickly. Um, this is all good stuff. My guest is Marcus Milliton. His book is Nice Guys Don't Get Laid. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Stay tuned for the last segment. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com 
the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. My guest is Marcus Milliton. His book is Nice Guys Don't Get Laid. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. You know, Marcus, I, when I wrote Bad Boys, um, I did it in a different way in the sense that it was primarily aimed at women. And um, I talk about the 12 different types of bad boys. And um, I, I wanted to mention one of them in particular. So the 12 types were the fixer-upper lover, the compulsive flirt, the grandiose dreamer, misunderstood and married, Mr. Power Mad, the commitment phobe, the wounded poet, the self-absorbed seducer, the man of mystery, the dramatic daredevil, the prince of darkness, and the lethal lover. And the wounded poet, which is also called um, the brooding beast, is, um, is the beauty in, from the story Beauty and the Beast. And I know that you uh, related to that in a, in a slightly different way, but what I talk about in regard to that is how that represents sort of um, an overriding uh, principle, and particularly women who go for this type, and depending upon what their relationship with their father was, they go for these different, each different type. And um, the the wounded poet or the brooding beast is is uh, I illustrate it with fairy tales, and so the the brooding beast, of course, I mean the yeah, is the um, is Beauty and the Beast, and mm-hmm. Beauty um, had a relationship with her father. It was dysfunctional in the sense that she felt sorry for him because he was depressed. He had he had lost his wife, he lost his fortune, and he was a good father, but um, she kept trying to cheer him up and rescue him, and she couldn't. And because she was a little girl, and then with, when she met the beast, um, she didn't like him until he lay dying in a cave. And when he needed rescuing, that's when she came back and kissed him, and he turned into a prince. So it it kind of illustrates such a a large principle in general for women who like bad boys that. Um, that when the bad boy needs rescuing, you know, they're acting out a rescue mm-hmm. fantasy that they weren't able to act out when they were little girls, uh, wanting to rescue their dads. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, when police, uh, go by family disturbances, they have to watch out for the wife because even though she may have called in because of what the man was doing, she may be the first one to assault the police if they get too hard on him. Mm-hmm. You know? And so it's a, you know, this is something, and what I was saying, you know, uh, right before we broke was that, you know, men are very easy to read, and women should learn how to read them. Don't perceive what you think they're doing. You know, look at who they are and what they do, how they treat their mother, how they treat other women, that kind of thing. You know, what what are they looking for in the future? What do they want to do in the future? You know, it's they are what they are. They truly are. And so... What you're seeing is what he is. And so when you, you know, marry Arnold Schwarzenegger, you married a guy that cheats on his wife. And everybody knew it, and everybody could have told her that, you know. Mm-hmm. And Katy Perry, she married uh, the, the freak from England. Um, I mean, that guy has so many problems, he doesn't know what to do with them all. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's already off, you know. He is exactly what she was looking at. 
you know, he was, there's nothing else about him. You know, maybe there's something good inside, you know, maybe he has possibilities, but you're not going to be the one to make a change. He's going to have to make a change for himself. And once he does that, then he deserves you. I mean, it's not the other way around. Yeah. Uh, you know, and too many women get caught into this. Yes, absolutely. And it's not that, um, I don't think you're saying, and I'm certainly not saying that these bad boys or bad girls are evil. Um, it's that they are a product of their childhood where um, they have had to harden their heart to survive, in a sense, which is what gives rise to this seeming confidence in the guys. It's not really confidence. It's that they've hardened themselves and and these girls who say no to them bounce off them because that's what they've had to do because they've been so hurt in the past. And the same thing with the bad girls. They've hardened their hearts because of uh, feeling as though, because of their relationship with their father and then bad boys that made them feel unlovable. So it's, you know, these people, I mean, yes, they, <laughs> they're people too. They deserve uh, compassion, but at the same time, you don't want to have... Uh, a relationship where you're the one who gets exploited, used, hurt. All yeah. of them, what bad boys and bad girls have in common is that they're all heartbreakers. So you yeah. get heartbroken. And then the worst part of that is when you reward a guy like that or a woman like that, you're teaching that person that the way they're behaving is okay. You know? Yeah. And you're teaching everybody else out there, including your others, you know, your sisters or your brothers, that this is okay. You know, and you're leading by your example. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think the positive side of this is that, and I think your book and my book, is that, uh, you know, knowledge is power. You've got to see yeah. it for what it is. And then you can do something about it for yourself, you know. Yeah. And you can show people what you're attracted to. And you can be real with a person, you know, that, that is, uh, uh, you know, is, is not a person, you know, that's a, tra- a person attracted to you. But they have they bring all kinds of problems with, and you can be real with that person. Say, I'm sorry, I just don't accept certain things. Yes, absolutely. Well, let me. I want to make sure there's time for me to give out where people can get your book. Again, Mm -hmm. the title of the book it's easy to remember (laughs) is "Nice Guys Don't Get Laid," and uh, you can find it on Amazon, and it's on uh, it's in a um, uh, soft cover book as well as Kindle. You can find it, or you can go to Barnes and Noble and ask to order it. And you can go to Marcus's website, which is sharkbaitpress.com, sharkbait, B-A-I-T, press.com. And um, I'd really like to thank you. People do need books these days to get through the dating jungle because there are really a lot of unhappy and unmarried <laughs> and, uh, and you know, people, lonely people who have been hurt. Um, many times by by bad boys and bad girls, and who are afraid to then try again. Not only parents is it related to parents, but it's also related to experiences that then teach you to be afraid of going back into the water. You get that going shark bait and going back into the water, <laughs> where you might be bitten by a shark again. And I'd like to um, also invite you, all my listeners, to go to my bad girls website, badgirlsbook.com and opt in, and I will send you a free bad girls test for women and a free sitting duck test for men. So you can find out, men, how vulnerable you are to a bad girl, and women, you can find out whether you're a good girl or a man-eater or somewhere in between. So, Marcus, thank you very much. 
for joining us today and inspiring us and giving us advice. Again, the book is Nice Guys Don't Get Laid, and his website is sharkbaitpress.com. Thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network.